Hi, welcome to A Couple of Thought Podcast. We are your hosts, Chaya and... Ali Melech. Avers. Oh, God. Are we Avers or Evers? Or Avers. Depends where we live. Together, we will be discussing our passions for food, politics... Judaism and marriage. Yeah, exciting. So, join us for our podcast and you will be blown away by our... Couple of Thoughts. Alright, welcome everybody to episode 4 of A Couple of Thoughts Podcast. Yes, we have not been on for a while, only because we're busy, not because we're fighting. No, and not because we don't want to. Right. The last time was Rosh Hashanah, was it? I don't know, Sukkot maybe? Somewhere around there. We can't remember. It means it's been a long long time. (laughs) Exactly. Well, we are so glad to be here today, friends. And we have so much to share. We have a full schedule of opinions and thoughts. And we're ready to get right to it. Right now, how does our house smell? Smells like burnt bagels. (laughs) Burnt bagels. Well, being that we always begin... Talking about food, our favorite mm. thing in the world, sorry, <laughs> next to each other, of course. Mm. Um, food. Yeah, so bagels. Before we get anything deeper bagels, what happened to the last batch of bagels? They got burned. We're talking too much. <laughs> yeah, it's really devastating because they really are delicious bagels. They are New York bagels, the kind that you the kind that you boil. Kettle boiled. Exactly. And then you bake it, and they have like this certain like chewy. Crispy. Yeah, everything and soft in- interior. Yeah, the best. The best bagels in the world. You always say too. We always eat too many of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But right now, um, we are limited. So. Uh, so for those of you coming to eat bagels tomorrow, I mean, not anybody. God forbid, it's COVID now. Like no one's coming to our house tomorrow. No Hanukkah party tomorrow. Chas <laughs> v'shalom. No Hanukkah party. <clears throat> Sorry, we keep it to four adults max, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Yeah, the last batch burnt, but Malach said he likes burnt bagels, so you're going to eat them all. We're going to have to eat all of them. Okay. I, you remember one time when we were in New York bagel in uh, Manhattan, I think. I don't remember what we went to do. Maybe, um, um, how's that place called that you play with the tokens? Oh, Dave and Buster's. Dave and Buster's. We went to do arcades and arcades. fun stuff in the city. Yeah, Manhattan. And then we're like, oh, we're hungry. Let's see what's still open. And we went to the bagel place in Manhattan. I was open 24-7. Yeah, it was in the Upper East Side. And it was a very interesting bagel place. It was open 20... I think it was called David David Bagels or something. I don't remember what it was called. But anyways, we decided to have a a funky flavor cream cheese bagel. Strawberry flavored. Strawberry flavored. Cream cheese. Kyla loved it. No. (laughs) It was spoiled. We were like, you know, no, Mel was like, let's 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 try that flavor. It looks interesting. Strawberry bagel. Never mind, it was like two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) So we're sitting outside on that bench and we're like tasting all the flavors that we got and we bite into this strawberry flavored um cream cheese cheese, and it was rotten. It was off. It It had gone bad. Yeah, it's gone rancid. Yeah, it was not very tasty. Um, yeah. yeah, but Melech, you share first and then I'll share. What's your favorite bagel situation? Like, how do you like it? Poppy seeds, sesame seeds, everything bagel, mm-hmm. garlic bagel. What do you like inside? Share the deets. I like white bagels with the everything topping on top. 
Like, what's everything? You want to share? It's like, I don't know, poppy seed, uh, sesame seeds, sesame, garlic, uh, sugar. I mean, um, salt flakes. Salt, yeah, like it's everything. A mixture of everything, yeah. And then with cream cheese, tuna, and avocado. I think that's my favorite. And, and something spicy, a uh, spicy tuna. Make it spicy tuna. Avocado cream and cream avocado. cheese. Okay. And yours? That sounds really yummy. Uh, my favorite bagel is from Buncho Bagels in New York. I think it closed down. They had a fire. Maybe they're opening up again. But everything bagel also um, with on one side cream cheese. But I don't like like a thick layer that like you feel like you're just eating cream cheese. They usually like put like a huge. I always be like thin it down, thin it down. Um, uh, what's going on? So a layer of cream cheese and guacamole, red onion. And a tomato that you won't eat. And a tomato that <laughs> maybe I'll take out. But like I like the juice of the tomato. And then that's it. That's my favorite bagel. But I do have to say that one time I ordered it and the guy behind the counter was like, you're serious? Avocado with cream cheese? That's gross. And I was like, excuse me, that's what I'm ordering. That's what I'm going to eat. It's so yummy. But yeah. But I I can enjoy a scrambled egg with cream cheese on a bagel. Yeah. And there's also Kingston Avenue Bagel Shop. We were in high school. They used to make hash browns, like these spicy potatoes inside a bagel. Oh my gosh, my friend Lior Hoffinger, if you're listening, Lior Ellie Roan used to bring it to school and used to share it. You were good at sharing your potato bagel. I remember. Oh, those were good. Yeah. But like, I would never order it now. I don't know. No, I remember in Kranheit, you can get like a breakfast and that's like a bagel, bagel with those uh, spicy potatoes, potatoes and the egg. Yeah. Yeah. Yummy. But maybe we should share with our audience how to make everything spice because you could buy it in Trader Joe's in New York, like everything bagel spice, but it's actually quite easy to make. You buy a jar of minced garlic, you buy poppy sesame seeds, seeds sesame poppy seeds, seeds, and flaked um, maldon salt, which you could get in the Umbo actually. Um, maldon salt. You can get in any store. I know, but I'm saying melted salt is really special flaky salt. And then you just combine all of those in together in one jar and you mix it up. I would put less poppy seeds than everything else because they take over. Uh, mix it all together and you could sprinkle it on top of your bread. It goes you great could, on challah also. On challah, on anything. It tastes good on tahina, mm. like sprinkle it on top. It's just like a really nice mixture of you know spices. Nice topping is also uh, onion. Onion topping. Also oh, like yeah. Onion bagels are also good. Yeah. yeah. Onion rolls. Remember those? That like inside you open inside it up. It's like onions. creamy onions. Yeah. yeah. You grew up on those. Onion buns. Yum. Mm. Yeah. Did we talk about food yet? Did you guys get hungry? <laughs> you all want to come over now and have some bagels in our house? Well, well it's we not should. allowed. <laughs> Machnit. <laughs> Anyways, that's, the, that's for the food for today, no? Yeah. We always start with food because it's, yeah. it's our second love. It's our favorite. Actually, it's our third because our kids are like we love each other, our kids, and then food. Right? Yeah. Don't get scared off. Like we're not, <laughs> we're not largim. Are we largim? Yeah, I'm largit. Um, one time we had a guest, and I told the guest that I was pregnant, and he said, it was Israeli guy. Yeah, and he said, oh, stam, chashavti yashet, stam largit. Which, for those who don't speak Hebrew, oh, I just thought you were a biggie, which I am, but never mind. <laughs> it was just funny. All right, yeah. all right. We talked about food, and now we are so excited. We forgot to start off with the. Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. That's right. Could be you'll listen to this after Hanukkah. But it is still Hanukkah for us. Right. But if I'm when savvy, we'll upload it tonight when it's still Hanukkah. Yeah. Or tomorrow night, it's also still going to be Hanukkah. Right, but you guys might listen to it after Hanukkah. But the spirit of the light of Hanukkah Eight days. Could, could reach you even when it's not Hanukkah anymore. And that's it. But uh, yeah, it was a very nice Hanukkah. I um, like it was so far so good. It was very nice, easy, relaxed. Kids liked it. They enjoyed it. 
Mm-hmm. We had the first time a Hanukkah parade in Amsterdam. That was really bu- fun. That was really cool. We joined the first ever Amsterdam Hanukkah menorah parade. Yeah. It was really fun driving through the streets and waving to everybody from the window and honking, honking my <laughs> horn really hard. I felt so, so important. Yeah. I don't know if everybody liked it, but the more people didn't like it, the harder I was honking. <laughs> Yeah, so that was very nice. And the dam, you actually weren't able to come because uh, one of our one kids, of our kids was were sick. sick but you but went. How I was went. it? It was very, very nice. I, I didn't expect so many people. It was a lot of people. I think like four or 500 people came. Wow. It was a bit difficult with the social distancing. But um, yeah, it was very nice. That's uh, impressive. Shout out to my brother Menachem, who's been arranging it for 15 years. Oh, wow. 15, 15th year. Yeah, anniversary. So they started way before we moved to Holland because soon... Maybe by next podcast, we will talk about it more. Yes, our it is our 10-year anniversary. Yeah. And for anyone who celebrates Valentine's Day, um, we moved to Holland on Valentine's Day. So yeah. February 14th, mark your calendars, 10 <laughs> years that Elimelch and Chaya live in Holland. So yeah. it is our Hollandversary, yeah. Nederversary, Amsterversary, Amsterversary. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so but that's Hanukkah, yeah, and the light. Let's hope we can take the light. There's so much darkness in the world, so much craziness that we can uh, light up the world a little bit mm-hmm. with the uh, with the menorah. With taking that light, yeah, the rest of the year would be nice. And and you know what? As I was reading Viktor Frankl this Shabbos, it really inspired me to realize that. All problems that come our way, we also have choices. We have choices to make this world right. The book is actually right in front of me, Man's Search for Meaning. We always have a choice. We can blame our circumstances or our situations on governments and sciences and all kinds of things. Oh, this could probably go into our next topic that we're going to be discussing soon. But really, at the end of the day, we have freedom of choice to change the narrative, to change how we're feeling about the situation, and to... Maybe not comply, Elimelech. Or to comply partly. Or or just to make the best of it. And that's our choice. You can be in jail and still a free person. So um, it really inspired me. And I feel like that message of Hanukkah is also like to spread the light and to spread the light of... of, of yeah. Maybe we'll circle back on that in soon <laughs> when we get to what we're going to be talking in, co- in um, politics. Politics, yeah. About how like darkness, how light... A little bit of light can push away a lot of darkness. Yeah. And uh, a little bit I of feel rule that breaking. there's a lot of a lot of darkness right now in as okay, I will get to it soon. But that was for Hanukkah. Yeah. So yeah. But you know, um I've been thinking about the Torah portion actually, as a teacher who teaches the Torah portion every single week. I think as an adult you come across more ethical questions morality questions that you wouldn't come to as a child you you really receive the Torah in a very fantastical magical way especially if you have such an amazing teacher like myself but you also don't <laughs> get all those details right no well, a, a teacher chooses what details to tell or whatever you're learning it's pretty basic but then once you're yeah. older and you learn it yourself there's other like you start idea. to rationalize the stories of the Torah and I actually shout out to my friend Sarah Hecht because we've been having this conversation a few weeks back and we were saying the same thing, like when you read about like, um, yeah, Yosef's brothers selling him. Because of jealousy. Because of jealousy. And you're they're like, adults. they're adults. They're officially like the 12 tribes. They were holy, righteous men. How could they do this? I mean, actually, one of our kids answered that question this week. because She said that from when Yosef was sold 
until they came to Egypt like 30 years later, 20, 20, 20, plus, years. 20 plus years later, they hadn't sinned again. So they knew that when troubles were coming upon them in Egypt from the leader Joseph, they started to think, do we need to do atonement for anything? It must be that we're getting punished now for what we did bad back for then. For what we did um, back then for to Joseph, to our brother, Yosef, Joseph, whatever you want to call it. And you could say, but people do a lot of sins in 20 years. How did they know specifically this sin? It was because they were righteous men, and this was their biggest downfall in the, in the last 20 years. So I commented to you, what did I say? Um, I think that if I sold my brother... I would also remember it for twenty years. For later. twenty years later, uh, but I, I was actually speaking to our rabbi about this this past weekend. He which said, rabbi? Rabbi Stanton. We always talk about him in our podcast. That it was um, that we also sometimes learn how not to do stuff. Like we can be, um, we learn a lot of good lessons from the Torah. But here we can see something: how not to be jealous. How even when you are jealous about somebody, you don't have to right away sell him or quote-unquote kill him because that's what they're really yeah, but I to think do. think about it in our own society in our own community and things like that sometimes out of jealousy people sell other people out people but, you know uh, what about like people calling on other people to authorities no, or, no I understand that. that's the same idea I mean we're all Jewish brothers and sisters how could we sell each other out right how oh, could okay, we do that so, to another Jew so that you're pointing out to somebody else but look at yourself are you jealous mm. of somebody but like even if you are jealous is it that bad that you would go and sell it sell them out yeah not really but no, some so. people are like that maybe no, so and those people can learn from the brothers what not to do what not to do exactly because yeah. in the end of the day we all have to face the king yeah. in this story they had to face their brother the king but at 120 we have to face the king of all kings yeah. the holy of holy god of god himself so yeah. yeah but i don't know where does where do you think jealousy stems from by thinking that what they have you want and then you think if you are jealous of them, then maybe, or you'll bring them down, then you will gain, which is never the truth. Maybe it's like more of like a victim mentality. Like we were discussing over Shabbos, the difference between like, you know, psychotherapy, which is more like trying to figure out what triggered you to be who you are today and all that like personality analyzation of, of your past, present and future and like going so deep about it that you sometimes forget the whole picture that you're just a human being right. and you're responsible for your actions, right? But I don't know where I'm getting at with this. That's second. And then you can blame that. Yeah, you could blame a reason why you're acting a certain way. But we're all responsible for our actions. And I think if we are feeling resentful, if we are feeling jealous, we need to look deep inside and say, you why? know what? Um, yes, why? And analyze, but also like, let me make a change. Let me not be jealous. Let me let me just be happy with what I have. And if I'm struggling with that, ask for help. Like, I don't know. People... people psychoanalyze. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm saying is like, you know, or find things in your own life that bring you so much joy that you don't have to be jealous. You don't have to bring pain or wish pain upon another because you're content. You're okay with yourself. Yeah? yeah and if you're not, then go look for things that do make you happy. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, but jealousy is deeper. It's that you want a specific thing because that person has it. And you're upset that another person has success because it's not your success. It's like, it's a little bit like, yeah, but it's a little bit, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's actually like a really bad, um, Mita jealousy, if you think of it. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a hard thing to overcome. I mean, we've all, I think we've all experienced in our life at one point, especially I think when you're younger, it's easier to be jealous yeah, but even if you are jealous right now of someone that has a situation, however bad it's going to be, your jealousy, at least in my opinion, 
you're not you're not gonna be that jealous that you're gonna you know burn their car because you like their car better than the car you have okay fine for them you know what i'm saying you know when i was in sem there was a girl who won a raffle ticket to go to new york as a representative from our sem and i don't know who did it but there was someone who was jealous that she won and that the night she was supposed to fly she had her passport on her bed and her passport disappeared she couldn't fly to new york they looked everywhere everywhere they turned over every nook and cranny it was gone they didn't find and it no but in the end there was someone who in, in the sum who was a kleptomaniac i don't know we didn't figure out who it was and apparently that person must have like stolen the passport because they were just so jealous that they didn't win um yeah i don't know who mm. but I, I think in this case in this scenario we can that was a random story that came into my head about jealousy yeah, uh, yeah. anyhow that was uh, i think uh, our religion part no yeah but i'm saying like i don't know listeners what do you guys think about jealousy how do you think it manifests in your life how do you react in such situations email us at a couple of thoughts 2008 at gmail.com we want to hear what you have to say on the matter or if you have our whatsapp you could always whatsapp us yeah yep. we should make a, a special phone number called a couple thoughts <laughs> yeah. phone number 1-800 a couple of thoughts <laughs> all right Then we'll go to politics because maybe even if we do usually relationship first, we'll go to politics first because then at least with relationship we can end up on a nice note. Because yeah, because politics is heavy. <laughs> yeah, I and, think it's gonna. Well, be. <laughs> me and Ali Melech talking about marriage, we're having a little bit of a disagreement. He doesn't want to go deep into politics because he likes when everything is rosy, cozy, and nice. And I think that it's time that we talk and about we COVID. say what we really think <laughs> about COVID. And um, we might get canceled though. I don't, I don't think so, because I think that most people that I know could agree or um, some of the things that we're saying could resonate somewhat. And if not, just know that even if we have a different opinion, we can still find places in our life where we could respect, enjoy, and love and care for each other, even if we don't agree. So that being said... We're still good people. <laughs> Melech, did you get COVID? Yes, I did. How many months ago? It was more, it's almost two years actually, but it's at least more than a year and a half ago. Okay. And I had antibodies tests done on January. I had COVID in April 2020. I had a COVID test done in January 2021. And then again in August 2021. And both of those tests came back that I have very high antibodies. And even though that here in Holland, the quote unquote rule or the request is that you get one shot Even if you had COVID, I do really not see the benefit of that at all. And um, I will not. <laughs> for now, I, I, I have said like this. I'm not against the vaccines. I think for people that are overweight or have underlying illnesses, they should absolutely, or older people, they should absolutely get vaccinated. Or people who didn't have COVID. Or people that didn't have COVID. I would totally understand and I would totally support them in any way, shape or form. But for people that already have COVID, the research um, in science, Mr. Fauci, that um, have come through that you are well protected when you had, even with different variants, that's number one. So I think I'm pretty well um Yeah, but what protected. about that one person but somewhere in your hope who did get COVID second. more than once? Okay, and that's exactly my second point. Even if I would get it again, the likelihood... This time I had it not easy, but it wasn't terrible. I had high fever for one t for one night, and then it went down, and I was fine. 
Um, I don't think I would get it any worse. Or even if I do get, I'm saying I'm a young, healthy person. I eat healthy. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I think I'll be fine. Even if I do get COVID, I will not be taking up an ICU spot, even though that I think most people don't think that. But um, the likelihood for me in my age with my health is very unlikely. So just to take a vaccine, just to be sure, for me, I don't think it's necessary. Besides that, I have antibodies. Even if I get it again, I think for me, it's not necessary. And I think one step further, I think I should get a green pass in the Dutch Corona app and be able to get into everywhere I want to because I am very likely more protected with my um, natural anti-immune than with most people that are vaccinated twice. I probably have a higher antibody count than they do. So now, Rebitson, Mrs. Evers, did you have COVID? Yes, I did. I had COVID the same time that you had COVID. I had maybe symptoms for one day where I just felt like a little bit chara-ish. Am I allowed to say that word? Yeah. Not so... Like a little feverish. Yeah, not so amazing. Um, I did lose my smell and taste for like a few days. And that was it. Till the morrow came. Till the morrow came (laughs) on Pesach and then we knew it was back. Yeah. And um, yeah, it wasn't so terrible. Um, staying home with my kids and all that lockdown was was interesting experience. The first time was funner than the second time, I have to admit. But um, I also checked in January last year, almost a year ago, and I had very high antibodies, higher, higher than, than you. The first time, yeah. I didn't test in August. I should have, but I'm guessing that I also have still a lot. I'm gonna go check again next time I'm in New York because it's free there. <laughs> and. Um, that's something else that I th- find very strange that here in Holland they don't test because if you give everybody a six months same way as the, 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 the shots are basically valid for six months and after six months you need to get a third shot which they call a booster um, they should be able to that costs money just give me a blood test every six months and if I am my blood ca- my, my antibodies are below a certain level say okay then I will get a vaccine because I'm not Protected. protected that's besides the fact that maybe we're going to into much too much details the t cells which is the memory of your um your um basically for your immune system if i'm correct if a doctor listens and says oh it's not true from the research i, d- I have done that the t cells also have a memory and if they would recognize the corona they would also fight it even if i don't have antibodies so this is the thing that people keep saying who do you think you are to have an opinion? Are you a doctor? Are you a scientist? Are you a virologist? No, we're not. We're, we're humans. We have brains. We're able to read the same textbooks, the same medical journals, the same researches, and the same same um, studies that doctors are reading and studying. We are and able to, and we them. have much more access to this information nowadays. And I'm not talking about going down the rabbit hole, conspiracy theories, plain out research science opinion we actually had a friend over who's a virologist we will not name and he was very very pro-vaccine to the extent that he thought anyone who gets covid and wasn't vaccinated shouldn't be helped in the hospital that that's how pro-vaccine he was and when we told him he had covid he said according to he's a virolo virolo no uh, biologist biologist but he studied a lot of virology yeah, in the and he said very very clearly that it doesn't make any sense that a person who had covid should need to take the vaccine because we have the same things in us that a vaccine would give us yeah. so that was like not the only thing that convinced me so right now i'm not vaccinated but i probably will vaccinate very soon um because i have to go to israel so 
um, that it's even going to happen. Yeah. So, but I, we always said that if it comes to a point that we really have to, unfortunately, we will, even though my nature is a little bit to be a rebel and to go demonstrate and to get arrested and <laughs> maybe get a record, you know what I mean? But no, I, I really feel that in this situation, like even the fact that we're talking about this in a public forum, maybe it's not the smartest idea. Maybe it can get us in trouble. Maybe people will feel that we're not being responsible. We'll get canceled. But I just feel at this point, we're almost two years into this. It's time for us to really say what we think. We shouldn't be afraid to say what our opinion is. Don't you agree? Yep. I agree. I will not be canceled. I will not comply. If we do get canceled. I, I, I don't like the, the aspect where there's coercion, meaning I'm being forced to do it because I don't have access to X, Y, Z, blah, blah, right? Um, this could actually really get me into trouble for a lot of reasons. Maybe we shouldn't publish this. But it, no, it's okay. We haven't said anything crazy. It's just, it's, it's the difference between do we give all our trust in government or do we at some point also have a mind of our own? And that we're allowed to have a mind of our own. Or do we say, no, this is a collective thing. Uh, just close your eyes. Give me your arm. Jab it in. And if that's every six months, then give me every six months. But I have a lot of people that I spoke to that have gotten two vaccines. But they said, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to get a jab every six months to stay up to um, up to up the to level. Yeah, yeah, number one. And number two, I have so many people in the past months that have had two and even three vaccines and still got COVID. Maybe they got it in a lower version or less Extreme, severe. Yeah. But they did get COVID even after two or three. And you cannot blame that on the people that didn't get vaccinated because that's ridiculous. Because also the percentage is very low. And I also have a problem is that, you know, here in the Netherlands, they say, oh, the ICU, there's 600 people in the, in the ICU in the whole Netherlands. 600 people. That's, let's say there's 75 hospitals. That's Five people so in every hospital are in an ICU. Yes, it's terrible. But I want to go look at the numbers. I was trying to find it. How many people were in the ICU two years ago for the flu or for other illnesses? That's very low. We're shutting down a whole country for literally a very, very... It's not even a percentage. It's not even a percentage. Yeah, I think when they were shutting it down when it was the first time around that they didn't know how it was going, this and that, then I understand it. Now I think they should have already caught up and I, I actually heard in the news now recently that they are trying to maybe see to make COVID hospitals that are flexible like when there's an influx of um, infections to and open it up go there. and close it down and you know find yeah. more people that can assist us in hospitals because if you think about it obviously we don't want anybody to die and we don't want anybody and everybody that should get wants to get the vaccine or wants to get the boosters go be get, able it, to get right? it as yeah, much get, as they want 100 yeah, percent. but those people that don't want to take it and want to take the risk it's up to them and if they if you're saying yeah but then also putting other people at risk yeah but we do that with everything we yeah. drive and that's a risk involved we fly there's a risk involved when People go uh, skiing and there's a risk involved. And also, there's people, a lot of people end up in the hospital. I, I heard a Belgium, I think it was a virologist, I'm not sure it was, a, or, or someone that works in the ICU in Belgium. He says, if we would cut out alcohol out of our society, the amount of people that would not be ending up in ICU would also be cut with an enormous amount of percent. I don't remember That's the exception. Because people, they, they, they get drunk every Saturday night and then, or, or a few times a day and they fall and they break something. Yeah, but this whole also opinion ICU. that, yeah, if you're not vaccinated mm. and you end up in the ICU, then um, no, the doctors should refuse you because you should have vaccinated. Okay, besides for the fact that most of the people ending up now in the hospitals are people who are 
No, no, there's still more. No, 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 I don't think so. I think still the people that are unvaccinated are, are, are more than unvaccinated. But I don't think that really matters because that's their own choice. They're allowed to, it's their own body. Right, but it's, it's, a, it's like choice. a doctor saying, I won't, I won't um, help um, lung cancer patients if, if they smoked. smoked. I won't help obese people um, if because, if they, um, who have a heart attack because they're obese. They shouldn't have been obese. I mean, that's the doctor's job. They, they sign an oath to be there for patients, regardless of the choices, whether it's bad, bad choices. I mean, an addict, right? Do we throw him to the street every time he, he he's having an overdose? No. Yeah. We give him CPR. We give him that, what's it called again, that um, thing that restarts his heart or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we service people who are sick, regardless of their bad choices or their risk factors and all those things included. And I, I just feel like we're not allowed to even say these opinions because then we're considered like anti-science, which is so not true because... Like, everything we're saying, we're not making it up. We're not preaching Well, if you're looking at science, science, the facts are, I have antibodies. Mm-hmm. I have very high antibodies. That's science. Give me the free pass. Give me the green pass. But that's not followed. They're saying, no, now you need to get a jab. And once that is not followed, science, then I'm starting to think, one second, is there financial gain involved over here? Right. Or is it a cookie cut for all? Which also doesn't make sense. So if you're saying you're following science, then someone that has antibodies should be able to test for antibodies and should be able to get a green pass just like everybody else. Exactly. But something interesting you said before about um, Netherlands opening COVID hospitals for when there's an influx, I think that's a really smart idea. That's a practical solution for the problem instead of shutting down your country six months a year. And that's why I'm saying the whole time a vaccine shouldn't be your only solution for a pandemic. There should be so many other factors at there play. There are actually. But first of all, there's there are therapeutics out there that work. Your mother was in the hospital. She was... She got... Before medicine. ICU, she got a medicine. And as soon as she got the medicine... She started, two, three days, yeah, she started was better. Um, they have the monoclonal um, antibody infusions that literally washes COVID out of your system. We know people, my parents' friends, over 70 years old, who got COVID, they took those infusions. Within 24 hours, they were symptom-free. It's not a made-up thing. These are real things um, that work. And you know, the other stuff like ivermectin, um, uh, like horse dewormer, <laughs> I'm joking, from, that was his name, Joe Rogan um, speaks about, and... Um, um, hydroxychloroquine. So those things are not necessarily like they're not proven. Okay, fine. medicines that really um, help COVID patients per se. But it's in the time that they were being given, it was working for some patients. So I'm not talking about those, but I'm talking about the monoclonal antibody infusions, steroids. Those things they're really, really helping. Why are they not being used? And, and if they are being used, so then why why are we so worried? Yeah, like if they're helping, if you come right away when you have symptoms and you take care of them, I don't see why why. Another point which... Why which, we're not focusing on medicine. Yeah, a, a point that bothered me from the beginning is that before even Corona was well here in Holland, we were already saying, oh yeah, uh, vaccines is the only solution. Well, why did they only go and bet on that horse when they should have done two things? It goes, okay, yeah, go for the vaccine for the people that want vaccine and get a medicine for, because the amount of people that would need the medicine that end up in hospital or maybe in ICU, you would have a medicine and you would focus on that just as much as the vaccine. You would have the vaccine ready for them and then also the medicine for those people that do end up because now you're seeing even people with vaccines end up Are in ended, hospital exactly so then you also need me- medicine so i i think they regardless should we need medicine yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of medicine already do help yeah so i do have to say hydroxychloroquine is a medicine that's been used for people with um one of those things that you get in africa um Malaria or something? Yeah, one a malaria. And also, I know I have a family member who used um, hydroxychloroquine 
for um, arthritis. Yeah. Actually, she was personally allergic to it, but nothing to do with whatever. But it's a very, very mild and safe it's medicine. Very common and, and already used for many years. So exactly for, for years it's been used and all of a sudden now it became like this dangerous medicine seriously it's like saying advil is dangerous like we've been using advil for years right so i just have to say personally that my father he had covid really bad and my mother was in the hospital with covid and it was a really really frightening time i hope it's okay Todd, that i'm sharing this on a public forum but he was home we were all around the world wherever we were we all had covid we were all home and we couldn't go by and nobody could COVID. visit him because he had covid and everyone was worried about him that night no one could reach him he wasn't picking up the phone but when I was in New York in, 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 in August, January. in January, he told me that that night he felt so sick, he thought he was going to die. That's how bad he felt. But he managed to get a doctor to write him a prescription for hydroxychloroquine, and he sent someone to go and bring him and more. He got also with zinc, zinc and vitamin, vitamin C. C. And he said he took it, and he lay down in his bed, and he thought, this is the last night of my life, and I don't even care because I feel so sick that I just want to die because I, I feel like I'm dying. That's how bad he felt, like on his deathbed. He took the, 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 the hydroxychloroquine with zinc and vitamin C, and he went to sleep. He said the next morning he woke up, he had no fever, and he Symptoms felt free. completely Symptom. much better. Like, I mean, I think he still was feeling a little weak, but he was like completely feeling better, much better than he did the night before. And he, he says he thinks it saves his life. So, I mean, listen... I don't know. I'm not going to advocate for it because it's not like 100% proven or anything like that. But I could say from a personal experience that it did help him. So And it helped a lot of people. And that's what I was trying to tell you before. And that's where we're circling back to is the darkness. And we see a lot of darkness when we're talking about COVID because there there's is, no end to it. No, it doesn't not, end. No end, no end to lockdowns, no, regulations. Yeah, but there's also no MS, like no truth involved. Nobody's looking for the truth. Not nobody, but when a lot of people are not looking for the truth, just take the vaccine and that's it. That's also became solution. political. Since when is medicine should medicine be political? Yeah. Like, like we, we, you think we want to have COVID in the world? We want people to catch COVID? No, God forbid. We, but not we want to be done with this. Is only vaccines. Exactly. And that's what I think. That I hope that the the, the light of Hanukkah will give us some hope. Light, yeah, hope and light to the world where so much darkness, a little bit of light can push away a lot of like darkness. that's why i really liked having the hanukkah menorah parade because we were driving through the streets and you know they, there was a menorah um supposed to be a menorah lighting by the chaldolan plain that they have every single year rabbi spiro um organizes it with his wife and this year they had to cancel it because after five o'clock all stores are closed and their event was for five o'clock so and obviously you know you don't want so many people in one place social distancing and all the you know ramifications that come with it and it was in a very small space so they had to cancel it so it was like such a like downer. Debbie Downer to have to cancel. So that's why I really liked driving around with our menorahs to bring the light of Hanukkah to all the people on the street. Yeah. And it felt special to be able to do that even though the event was canceled. Okay. That event, but we did it. And hopefully next year we'll have instead of, I think, 13 cars, we'll have double, 23 yeah. cars. Everybody, go get order your car menorahs today at um, carmenorahs.com. <laughs> <laughs> And get and get what's called. So we'll go to the last um, topic. Last topic today. So guys, I, I hope that wasn't too heavy for you, but I want to encourage everybody to really think in a critical manner. Open up your minds to, to the to the possibility that there is other options, and we we could have a voice. I'm sure there's um local legislators in our communities that we can email and share and voice our opinions, because the more we voice our opinions, the more it will be heard and. I'm not talking about going to demonstrate, though it's very tempting to my youthful, kindred spirit, you know. Um, but um, 
you know, I, I, I do have a job and kids. I don't want to end up in prison because I could get very um, passionate when I'm when I'm upset. So I probably won't go out to any demonstrations. You won't see me there. And also, I don't necessarily agree with everything that demonstrators are yeah, demonstrating about. I really, about. really much disagree with using any power of force against police or anything. I think that's yeah, and also violence is wrong as they're well. Doing, they're doing their, their job. And if the police says it's time to go, it's time to go. When they say it's moving we time. We will not comply. Yeah, you will. We will not comply. I need to get one of those t-shirts <laughs> that say we will not comply. No, but anyways, um, so the activist in me is telling me we need to start writing letters and emails and bringing awareness, especially for you guys listen, sitting out there that had COVID. Like, we, we should have a voice. We, we, have the, we have the virus. And yeah, we shouldn't have to be coerced into into doing something that we're not necessarily 100% comfortable with or have to really or yeah that we In don't it's not necessary for us really that's really necessary. what it is it's really not necessary so anyways now with our opinions laid out before we guys get canceled we'll share we want to share with you the very sweet story of how, how we, we met and Ali Malach met so for those of you who come from our background you might know a little bit about the shidduch system um, and for those who don't, Matchmaking. I'm going to share with you a little bit about what a shidduch is. So, go. Uh, basically, um, in, the, you always, in everything in life, you have the positive and negative way of looking at it. But the negative way of saying it is that we were set up, and it's like um, prearranged marriage. But that's not that's really, not really what, it what it is and what it was. Uh, it's basically two people that know two people or there there's family members they have professional matchmakers and in our case it was family members that knew Chaya and knew me and they got together and they're like oh let's see if it's a match and then they set us uh, up we got each other's phone number but because there was already kind of like a background check done there is an advantage to that than meeting a random person at a bar or on the street or whatever place it is where you have no idea what their background is and over here you have already a kind of like a baseline that you know that yeah that's okay so and I, then, do, I do think meeting someone on the street is a very romantic thing if the story yeah, works out yeah <laughs> obviously no i'm saying any marriage that works out is very romantic but i'm saying that that is the way uh, it was set up and by us it was set up by my brother and Chaya's sister who were uh, both both working at a um girls camp in montreal in upstate montreal uh, north montreal yeah upstate canada quebec quebec up n- north quebec yeah, Val and, david quebec yeah where they actually were both uh working and my brother and my sister-in-law my sister dini yes she's the director of a camp and your brother was working in the camp. Yeah, and they, they basically... And I was working in the camp too. The second one. Basically, let, let's take the background story for a second. It's funny. My mother asked my brother uh, if there's anybody in camp, because it's an all-girls camp, if there's any girls that would be fitting for my brother. But it's For a, you. For, for me, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, my brother looked around the first year, a month, and I actually remember te- uh, speaking to him and saying, oh, so did you see anybody? He's like, no... It's a very, very um, orthodox camp, and the girls that are here are not the kind of girls that you're looking for. <laughs> so I said, okay, fine. What do, what do I care? So, anyways, so I moved on, and then what do you mean very orthodox. It's a, like a, a typical Chabad camp. Yeah, but like it's like a, a very, very bit, strong, like yeah, yeah, it's a bit extremist. Not extremist. Yeah, they only listen to what's it called? 
to, to certain music. Yeah, they're, they're a little bit extreme. Okay. Okay, it's your sister. You need to, don't, don't listen to this part. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, it didn't, it didn't uh, the first month didn't work out. But then my brother said, but maybe in a second month, there will be other girls because they switch first month, second month, and then maybe we'll see. And that's where you came in a picture, Chaya. You can say mm-hmm. this part. Okay, so I was working in the summer camp for one month. Um, second month. I oh, was, actually, you came by. I visited oh, the is, first month yes. and I did meet Ellie Melch's brother, Yassi, and his sister-in-law, Mary. And I we, like totally hit it off with them. And I had a really fun time with them. And then they thought, well, we'll get to know her the second month. And maybe she is a good idea for our brother, Ellie Melch. Yeah, but there was more because what my brother told me is that you came to visit with your mother and a cousin that you brought over from Israel. Like you paid their ticket to come to have a visit in camp. Oh, to and be with me in the summer. Yeah, yeah the we summer. spent the summer yeah, together. exactly. So then my brother said that's something typical that you would do also, like to me, he told me. Oh, so yeah, because then I we just thought, to, yeah. yeah, yeah. So then he thought maybe it's something. And then in the next, in the next month, I could check her out more mm. to see if I know, it's I didn't. I didn't realize that I was on a on a display. Not really. I just <laughs> became really friendly with my sister-in-law, Mary. We totally hit it off. Yeah. Um, talked about everything and anything and all our opinions. And then um, at the end of the summer, I think... I don't know, a friend of mine called me. She's like, yeah, this lady from Holland, she called me about you. She wanted to know who you are. So like the shidduch system, what, what, what do parents do? They want to find out about the girl that their son will go out with because they just want to hear about her and see if it's a good idea. But at the end of the day, something they really... They call references. Yeah, they call references. You have a resume. It's like a, a whole thing. I think it's changing a bit now. It's become a little bit more... Um, freelance or whatever but in our times like we relied on it but obviously let's say I would meet Melech in a social setting and I would like him I also would be able to date him and decide if I want to marry him or not um, but at the same time I probably wouldn't go for you then yeah, terrible. Um, but at the same time um, when you're set up with someone it doesn't mean you must marry them like at the end of the day once we started going out like we just decided between ourselves we we were on our own we were on our own but that was so, because we were a little bit older and like uh maybe old. i was bit... very old i was no, 22 i know but a lot of girls stayed when they're 18 19 20 and i was already 23 and i was already, right we, like, i was working for already a few years you like too. for four years we were we, so, our life was sort of in order we had good good jobs yeah but we and we are also a little bit uh we had we both have our own mind and not so much system minded yeah so, so we, we did our own we, thing we, maybe us it's maybe not the best example of how it actually the system works but but it so works then, differently for everyone every true. family has their own you know things and every person has their own way of doing things so um well Melach called me I still remember it was on Labor Day <laughs> and that's all I'm gonna share <laughs> Um, I was on Labor Day and um, I spent the whole day with my sisters in Lake George. Checking me out on Facebook. Oh, also I was stalking him a little bit on Facebook, checking out some pictures of him. But And I thought he was very cute. I remember I'm like, oh, he's so cute. I think I even pinched your cheek on the screen of the computer and we were all giggling <laughs> and, and laughing. Well. It was very cute. And I spent the whole day in Lake George. Um, we were we rented a boat and we were flying through the boat with the water and the tubes and whatever. It was a really fun day. And he called me and he said, hi, I got your number from my brother. What's up? How are you? Do you want to go out? Um, when do you want to go out? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I have college tomorrow. So maybe the next day. And then he said, where do you want to go? And I'm like, I still remember. What did I say? <laughs> you don't care. I said, whatever floats your boat. No, what did I say? <laughs> no, we won't say whatever you thought after, but okay. <laughs> yeah, so then we went on a few dates. If they go details, it's interesting. Yeah. Where did we go on our first date? We don't remember. Oh, 
We went you know, to that was bowling. No, no, no. Yeah, we went no. to that hotel, like the the rooftop place. Yeah. No. Yeah. So oh. We're not going to say the answer to this question now, but people could message us or email us. How many dates do you think me and Elimelech went on before we decided to get engaged? And the family is not allowed to answer because they're ready. Yeah. If you know, then you're not allowed to answer. But if you don't know, you have to guess. <laughs> to guess. Yeah. So you might think that like, you know, in, in like in the world at large, people date for a few years before they decide to get engaged they go on vacation, and get married and, and they, they live together, they move in together, they, you know, all kinds of steps until they actually tie the knot. And we didn't date for for very long before we decided that we wanted to get married. And people might think that that's... Um, it's messed up. It's extreme. And I also never thought that I would date for, for that short. But... Um, so far it worked out. I think... No, but I think also when we were dating, we were very focused on a few things. Who we are, our personalities our future life that we want, the kind of life we want to have, the kind of way we want to raise our families and um, our whole like view on life. That's all we were talking about. And yeah, there's a lot of talking going on and like a date is a little bit different. And also your focus at that moment is not to see, can you have fun with that person? But more, do you see her as the, as your wife? Do you see her as the mother of your children? Do you see somebody you spend the rest of your life with? So that focus is very much on there. And also if you, there's online, you can Google it, the 36 questions to love. Like these 36 questions, if you ask them, you're very likely to fall in love with that person or the opposite of you really, already really know, no, this is not the person I want to share with. And that's really what you're doing. Not that we knew those 36 questions. But, but those, those are, I think, the kind of those questions. Those are the questions that were at... Yeah. were spoken about and then once those things line up you're very likely to end up and then you know i feel like we're still dating each other in that sense you know yeah <laughs> i know no but i think also like as soon as i it's not that i hadn't dated other people before melech and melech also dated other people before he dated me but as soon as we we i i, I met him first of all he had a few days before he met me he had rented an apartment two doors down from where i was living my parents house so that was funny because when people ask us how we met, I just say we were neighbors because that's an easy story, right? Um, but right away, I knew that you were going to marry me. That like I knew right away. There wasn't, and it doesn't always happen to everybody. And it wasn't because it was love at first sight, but there was no. a click. I don't. I don't think. I don't think the word love is the right word because, like, even when I got engaged, I thought to myself, "Am I in love?" Not really. Like I didn't feel that. Like feeling that I had a few months later when I was marrying you that was like okay I knew that I that I deeply and immensely respected and loved you very much but I knew in all the fire of my being that you were the right person for me to marry mm -hmm. I felt comfortable with you I felt um accepted by you I could be myself in front of you like all the things that that measure up to um uh, foundation a for a relation for a relationship yeah and we also, you said before, I feel like I'm talking a lot today. Yeah, you were saying always... before that it's not necessarily if it's someone you could have fun with. But I don't think that's true because we it is important to have fun with the person. Oh, no, no, for sure. But that's, yeah. obviously, that's very important. But once you, I think the, the bottom, what are bottom, superficial, bottom line is. What, what are superficial things that like people told you are important and then you're like, that's not important. Like even like religious things that people told me like, oh, it's really important that he... Um, praise with a minion three times a day. That's a really important thing. Like it's a make it or break it in a marriage. And it didn't 
so much talk to me. I didn't care so much about it. I didn't even I didn't even think I didn't even know if you did or if you didn't didn't matter to me so much. And now as a married person, I could say it really is not what makes or breaks your marriage. Yeah. And it only will make or break your marriage if you decide to. Yeah. Now I think the like, bottom line is what you really much um, are able to realize within such a short period of dating is whether uh, you hope to find out if you guys have if you have the same wavelength if you're on the same yeah. uh, frequency because if you're on the same frequency and even if you sometimes disagree on certain points but because you're on the same frequency at least you can talk about it yeah. and you can say hey okay one second okay you wanted to get it green i want it to be black okay fine no problem it can be green you know you know what was one of the most interesting things for me to discover after we got married was that sometimes we didn't have the same opinion and at first i thought oh my gosh what am i going to do we don't agree we don't have the same opinion about this person or this thing i know what you're thinking in your head like what 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 does that mean and i've learned that it's actually a gift when we don't always agree we don't have we to have the same to disagree opi- oh you hate that line because <laughs> just- you're in the middle of a discussion you're in the middle of like getting your way and you're like okay fine we'll de- disagree to th- we agree to disagree i'm like all right there you just want to go on and on <laughs> yeah. with the conversation i know Okay, but no, in general, but it's okay. And I sometimes say this to you. It's okay if I have a different opinion than yeah. you. That's that's a I gift. That <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's even sometimes like ideas or think yeah. ideas about people. Well, you're quicker to judge than I am. No, I'm, I'm, I'm usually right. I'm more kind and loving. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's been, it was very interesting um, dating Eli Malach. He was really funny. Yeah. We had fun. We did. And we did some... Some terrible misdeeds. We walked together down the street before we were engaged. That's not allowed. It's terrible. So, so when in our communities, sometimes we keep it private before we announce our engagement, so that if it doesn't work out, like no, no, no harm is done. To the I think now it's like less strict, but anyways. So we took the train to the city, and my mother insisted that we shouldn't walk together to the train. So we so till we, the, till we, the end of the block. So we mom. walked on two sides of the street, <laughs> and then on the corner we're like. All right. All right. And then we just walk to the train, which it's not such a big deal now in no. hindsight. I don't know. Would you care if Mendel walked down the street with the girl that he's dating? No. No. Absolutely not. Oh, it's going to be interesting when our kids date. Yeah. Whatever. It wasn't Anyways. such a big deal. But Melech is showing me that it's time to end. But I think we have so much more to share. Yeah, we, we have many more podcasts to come. If we tell everything now, then there's nothing to talk about. Okay, next so time. you guys need to message us. How many times do you think we dated? Before, before we, we got, got engaged. engaged but also how many hours was every day no, they were very keep, okay stick, yeah stick they were very long date. dates sometimes a little too long too long yeah i'm oh sick God. and tired of you oh Already. one last myth <laughs> that people told us before we got married you want to share it you say it your brother told it to you not me not my brother yes, everyone my mother everybody was telling it to me that if you talk too more too much before you get married but you're not supposed to no no, no. Yeah. If you, no, 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 in general. If you talk too much before you get married, you'll have nothing to talk about when you get married. That's I don't know the who proof made that up. your parents and your mother didn't know you. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, who made up this myth? It's just like this thing that people say, if you talk too much before you get married, you'll have nothing to no, say after you get married. No, the myth like this, if you talk too much when you're not supposed to be talking, you won't have something to talk about when you are supposed to. I don't know exactly yeah, what, what it is. that's what your brother told you. No, 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 that's yes. something else. Anyways, to cut a long story short, I think that we are married for... 13 years, almost 14 almost, years. No, no 13, 13 years. Did we ever not 13. have what to talk about? 
Um, not that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right, peeps. All right. I so. hope that we didn't offend anybody. And if we did offend you, check your privilege. Yeah, <laughs> your white privilege. <laughs> Whatever privilege you have. Because yeah. it could be that it's not about us, but it's about you, your jealousy, Stop. your insecurity. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We love you all. You guys are awesome. Our fans are amazing because yeah. we have so many of them. Shout out. No, I'm joking. Shout out to everyone in can.com for all your CBD needs. We always give them a yes, shout out. We are me. big big supporters of InCan. And good news, Dutch people. You can order InCan from United States and they will ship to you. And we will see if we can get a promo code for Dutch people who want to experiment in CBD. Um, Say no to drugs. Yeah, CBD is not drugs. And InCan.com for all your CBD needs. Relaxation and tranquility is at your doorstep. And... Peace out. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today. We hope you enjoyed our couple of thoughts and join us again for our next episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything that we discussed today, you are welcome to email at us email us at a couple of thoughts 2008 at gmail.com. And we wrote 2008 because that's the year that we got married. So anyways, Woo-hoo. yes, join us again and peace out. The cover song that we have playing in the background is Modani Kolboker from Omer Adam, a song that we love to play for our family and just gives us drive and energy in our service um, to Hashem and our thankfulness for everything that we have in our lives. So we hope you enjoy that song as well. Dale, dale, dale,